I'm fresh in sales. You know, you've got an opportunity to go in there and, and create more sales if you're following, following a good process. If you go in there and you, you do a, a maintenance, again, if you have a good process and you're very thorough on what you do and, and you follow that process regimenly every single time, then, you know, we'll benefit in the long run. The other thing is you're going to be recognized. You know, your peers are going to recognize you and, you know, you're going to have opportunities for advancement. And I think that for the most part, a lot of guys want to have that opportunity. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you, and we are excited to have a new week in front of us. Welcome to Monday. If you're listening to this when the episode drops, if you're catching it later in the week, I hope your week has been going well. We are excited to bring a new guest to you this time. John Shamahorn is going to be joining us with his uh, industry insight into process-driven growth. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to hear from Brian on our quote to introduce it. I almost used a different quote. I know it sounded like I was starting a quote, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Burton. I, I almost used a different quote because I am not going to be able to pronounce this last name. It's just not, I, I'm quite sure I'm not going to be able to pronounce the first name, but it, it's, it looks like Yvonne. But it's just Y-V-O-N. I am excited. The last name is C-H-O-U-I-N-A-R-D. Chouinard. Look, Yvonne, I'm sure you're listening to this. <laughs> Shoot us a Facebook Messenger text and uh, let us know how you say it. And I will correct it on a future episode. The, so. the, the, yes, the uh, Pahonics version of the, uh, the name, please. I usually like to say quotes from books I've read. I used to have a notebook. I was well known for it. Yes, plumbing where I'd, anytime I heard a cool quote, you know, we didn't have, we couldn't like Google quotes or something like that. When I read something cool or heard a good quote, I jot it down in the notebook and I carried it with me. It was the, the quote book. A little play on quote. I, I got you. Okay. I got you. Okay. Right, okay. Sure it's it's early, you, but we're, we're You got your phone in your hand. I never know what's going on, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Speak up, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my quote book. Mike Bissell from from uh, Yes Plumbing and and Lance Fernandez and our our uh, other managers Dennis Thomas these guys would from time to time in the beginning of sorry Dennis Thompson from time to time in the beginning of the meeting they would say Brian throw us a cool quote up but I'd like to use those quotes and harken back to those ones but I recently saw on LinkedIn this quote I'm like man that's a that's a good that's a good way to think about things. Um, and it and it just so happened that this episode, which is about process, you know, not just about getting there, but how you get there, just lined up perfectly with it. So I figured I'd break it out. Let's hear it. How you climb a mountain is much more important than reaching the top. Yvonne Chouinard. 
hope I hope I did justice to that name. That's like one of those. The uh, the journey is better than the life's a journey, <laughs> not a destination. No, I, it's not. Well done. <laughs> no, I, I like <laughs> karaoke little, this weekend. My little Steven Tyler there. Um, <laughs> it's it it's not that type of quote to me. Like immediately upon reading it in my head. I saw two guys at the top of K2, right? Mount Everest. And one just looked like completely fulfilled and drained and a little skinny. And like the other one looked like me, a little 15 extra pounds, you know, <clears throat> just, just kind of happy. Yep. Cool. Mountaintop no, no view. Comment. This no is comment. fun. But one climbed. He took the time to train and learn and hire a Sherpa or whatever and like, uh, you know, trained how to breathe low oxygen and be in the cold all that time and climbed his way up there got to the top now can enjoy one the fruits of his labor and two the fact that that he has the mountaintop view the second guy who looks a little more like me a little fat and happy he took a helicopter <laughs> seriously he, he rode he just got dropped off on top of a helicopter look the view's cool regardless of how you get there it's a nice view. As 50 Cent said, top feels so much better than the bottom. We'll use that as a quote in one of our future episodes. <laughs> However, which one got more out of it? The skinny guy. Yeah, the guy who's uh, he's got some calories to, to pack when he gets back home. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, you know, if, if you run a marathon or a half marathon or a 5K... Uh, you know, typically you do like a loop or you do some type of, uh, you know, weird around the bend, around the world type of track. And there's almost always a shorter way to get to the finish line. That's not the point. Yeah. Called a car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Real see me. I won't have shin splints and side hurting and waste all those calories for nothing. Right. Right. But Beat my shoes all up, you know, it's really, it's really wasteful, this running stuff. It's it's a good quote, Brian, and I think it does tie into our uh, podcast here today because uh, we're going to be talking about processes with John and not just, you know, well, I, I got to tell you, nobody really likes processes, at least in their, in their uh, most boring sense, because it seems like a drag. It seems like something that's going to slow you down or just kind of demotivate you. But that's, uh, that's the opposite of what we're looking to do processes are supposed to give you the framework for how you can succeed better and how you can actually climb that mountain to get to the top of it. Not only does climbing that mountain with the process ensure that you, I don't know, get everything out of it, but it also ensures that you know how to climb the next mountain. Mm. Yeah. There's a, that learning piece of it, right? Yeah. That's part of process in itself because and we've spoken about this before, but if you don't have a process, when you get to the end, when you get to the destination, you don't know whether you did something right, you did something wrong, whether you could have improved, whether you could have done it better, whether something went almost wrong and you didn't even realize it because you just got there. You don't know how you got there. You just arrived. If you don't have the process, <clears throat> there's no, there's, there's little to learn from. The process is what facilitates the ability to grow because you can actually go back and you can say, Hey, Step two didn't go so well, or step seven uh, went great. Yeah. Right? And then you can build off of that for the next mountain. And we're not talking just John Shammerhorn, who we're going to be speaking with. He's 
a successful business owner, we're not just talking about owning or building a business. We're literally talking about anything. Absolutely. Conversation in the home, presentation with the client, uh, fixing the broken water heater. I mean, there's a reason that they write manuals to the equipment, right? You look at an equipment manual and it is 100% process. Step one, step two, step three, proper maintenance, proper cleaning, proper uh, warranty repair, et cetera. All that stuff is written down in process form. Uh, well, our conversations with humans, with homeowners, with our coworkers, with our bosses, with our teams uh, can be very much the same. Now there's more ad lib probably, but the framework is still very process driven, right? The first time that you go to have a conversation with a homeowner about the fact that their uh, brand new or nearly new unit uh, just completely broke down, if you just wing that conversation, you're going to get winged results. But after you have that conversation a couple times, you realize what most people will do uh, when you bring that information to them, and then you can have more prepared results. You can frame it up in a different way. You can talk about it from a different angle. You can be a little bit more strategic in your presentation. That's process-driven growth because you've learned over time that this works, this doesn't work. Stay away from this, focus on that, and you will generally get improved results the more times you do it. And again, not just talking about like building a business, but I I was having a conversation this morning with uh, Mr. Josh Loeb, a.k.a. The Lizard, my main man, Uh, plumbing apprentice turned service tech who we, we uh, grew home grew here <clears throat> and he was telling me that lately he's struggling to like get even get to the meeting on time like if our meeting starts at 6 30 he's rolling in at 6 29 you know which is something that a lot of a lot of techs can struggle with and we were talking about how him getting on so he was even saying Brennan who was his trainer, um, one of our master plumbers here. He was saying when he had to meet Brennan in the morning, he was he was there at 545 when they were supposed to meet at 6. No problem. Every day he beat Brennan here by 15 minutes and was just ready to go. But now that, and, and Josh is a young guy, I don't know, 26 or 24 or something like that. But now that it's just on him, he's like, man, I'm like just – sit on a chair in the morning and like be on social media for 45 minutes and, and just go, Oh gosh, I got a roll because it's, there's no like accountability there. And we were talking about how him getting, I gave him some things that he can do to get himself up earlier and out the door earlier. And the main thing I wanted to have sink in was that if he can figure this out, like him getting on the other side of this, forcing himself, beating himself into submission. The next problem he has to tackle, that's like a a performance problem on his end, will be far easier because he understands a process to beat it with. We're gonna we're gonna roll John on here shortly, but John went from. We'll have to ask him. I believe he was an actual HVAC apprentice to tech to now the owner of a $25 million uh, HVAC plumbing electrical company and uh, is kicking some major tail. 
all as a result of the the small processes that he learned along the way and then implemented as he got bigger and bigger and bigger and, and moved into different areas. But if you can't start by developing a process of getting up way earlier than you need to and getting something done, you're going to end there. If you can't master that one, that's, that's, that's where your journey is going to stop. Yeah. You're, you're on, you've walked six feet up that mountain and you're just going to pop out that lawn chair and have a seat. We're not into that here at the waste no day podcast. Bingo. There it is. Let's keep rolling. All right. And with that, uh, we are going to keep rolling. So we are going to take this time to put John Shamahorn in your passenger seat. Our guest today is John Shamahorn. He originally hails from Ark City, Kansas, and is married to Lisa. He has seven children, six grandchildren, and two more on the way. Shout out, John. Congrats to you, man. He started in the industry in 1986 with the Air Force, and he's worked in the sheet metal shop and has been an install and service technician, a comfort consultant, general manager, and now an owner. Uh, He loves being the master of his trade. Him and his wife enjoy traveling and spending time on the water, spending time with their kids and their grandkids, and, of course, doing a little bit of hunting, fishing, boating, four-wheeling, driving, and the classic hot rods. So, interested to learn more about that. Welcome to the show, John. Well, hey, guys. How are you? Great, man. Great to talk to you again. Uh, John is another HVAC business owner that I met at um, Gene Slade's event in Florida. I'm telling you, the best thing that always happens at those things is the networking. Is it not? Oh, I loved it. I, it was great meeting you guys. It was, it's nice because you're, you know, you're able to take something away from others that aren't in your immediate area. So it's always good to, to meet guys and gals and you know kind of brainstorm a little bit and walk away with, with a little candy yeah in in ownership and management it's easy to like beat your chest in your area especially if you're the the top dog in the area um or have some of the best practices in the area you feel like it's nice to get out and and mingle with peers and find out that and there's a lot of people doing a lot of things better that we can take notes on and and <clears throat> game up and they're always really cool about um sharing stuff, not only sharing stuff, but like follow-up. I mean, I had a long phone call outside of the podcast with you, Andrew, Gary Singleton, like just in the last few weeks where we just talked about business practices and stuff that had nothing to do with like the podcast or anything. Um, And it's really cool to get out and network with other owners and managers. And I, uh, I can't say enough about that for, for the uh, leaders of, of the businesses, but also for technicians, for techs, <clears throat> especially if you're top dog at your current company, uh, you know, whatever that means, most planned sales, highest revenue, make the most, whatever, um, to get out and go see other technicians from other areas. There's, there is plenty to learn there. I mean, these Facebook groups are a strong example of that, but like getting out in person, it's way better than anything else you can do. Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. You know, if you can just take away one little nugget, you know, you can use the world, you know, it can be a game changer. I, I was listening to a, a guy today and I, and I think he's out of Colorado and I, I just loved his comment. You know, he goes, you know, you're, uh, 
you know, if you put enough into it, you believe it, you try it, and you master it, you know, it's um, change your zip code is what he said. You know, if you want to change your zip code, there's things that you have to do. And I thought that was a pretty powerful statement. In fact, I wrote it down on the board in the, in the tech room this morning. You know, I, I said, how many of you guys would love to change your zip code and, you know, move up somewhere maybe a little nicer? I believe they call, they, that, hand. they call that moving on up to the east side. To the there you go the big apartment <laughs> in the sky I think yeah that, yeah exactly yeah, that's <laughs> it man <laughs> I feel like you lost everyone listening who was born before it's, 1985 it's, it's fine it's fine awesome John well hey we we always love starting off uh, hearing about our guest story and uh, you're going to be no different here so why don't you tell us how you got into what you're doing and the journey that it's been to get you to where you are now. You know, I grew up in uh, in southern Kansas, a small town uh, called Arc City, right by the Oklahoma border. And, and uh, I went in the Air Force right out of high school. And my uncle had a, an HVAC business down in Dallas, Texas. And he always had nice things. And, and uh, you know, it just it was something that I wanted to pursue. And I had that opportunity through the Air Force to, to learn that and, and follow that. So... They trained me on uh, absolutely everything that I didn't use here in Arizona or New Mexico. And, uh, when I went to northern Japan with the military, we had all oil fired systems, steam distribution, like I said, everything that we wouldn't do here. So it was all heating mainly there. And then I I came to Arizona at, at the end of 88, and I was stationed out here, and that's when I cross-trained on to the HVAC side. Um, I got out after my four years and then I, I basically stayed on the commercial side, a big company called Tri-City Mechanical up in Phoenix and, and did that. And then in the early nineties, that, that really started dying out the commercial side. There just wasn't as much work. Uh, they stopped building a new infrastructure and, and things of that nature. So the home building was going nuts. So I, I moved over to a company called Chaz Roberts Air Conditioning, which was, doing all new construction, huge company, um, family owned, uh, you know, great operation, really knew what they were doing, had dialed in. And I went over to tech and I, I was able to uh, move my way into sales pretty quick. They were impressed with, with my enthusiasm in the industry and, and my education. Uh, and then when I, as well, I was going to school at night. So I used the GI Bill to go to school. There's a called Gateway Community College. They had a, HVAC program that I attended in the evenings after working. And again, I was putting my hands on it, working during the day and, and learning all the theories at night. So that was, was really beneficial to me. So they, they gave me an opportunity. I kept telling them like, you know, new construction is great, but you know, we need to get into replacements and retrofit. So I did a beta test for them for a year. And then in 95, uh, again, up to Phoenix, I went in and started up that division for them, got it going and, and it really worked out great. Uh, 99, the owner passed away, and I, I didn't feel that uh, that the company was going to be in the best hands at that point. So I went to work at uh, RSD, Refrigeration Supplies Distributor, uh, out of California. And then, so I went on the other side of the, the counter, and that was uh, it was an eye-opener. It was, it was nice to learn because I use that in my business today when I go in and set up my inventory practices. And, uh, negotiate my pricing. 
Um, when you say it was an eye but, opener, is that what you mean? Like the inventory side of it? Yeah. You know, just to be able to control your inventory a little bit better and to know how to set up different levels of inventory. You know, how many times do you, do you go to an HVAC company and you see, uh, you know, they have a hundred of, of something and sitting there and maybe it's been there for 12 years, you know, not moved. So I've never it, seen that. Never seen that. Definitely once. not right? here, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's, uh, it was neat though. It was, that's a great operation. Well, it was a family owned operation. They really had it dialed in. You know, what's funny is you, you see, they were a, when they started out, the grandfather at that company, they, they owned a, piano sales company and they got you know now here they are some you know they're a huge uh, refrigeration air conditioning supply operation so just such uh and chaz roberts air conditioning uh, he was an auto mechanic and somebody kept asking to come fix his uh, vacuum cooler up in the in phoenix and now look at them they're you know one of the largest in america so wow. yeah that's crazy it's, it's funny how they progressed into that but yeah, so I I uh, left RSD. I came down to Tucson, which is about an hour and a half south of Phoenix, and uh, had an opportunity again to go back to Chaz Robertson and run the operation that they had down here. So I did that. I got them back in. They're, uh, they're probably still number one in the the new home industry. Um, you know, I chose to get away from that. That's a little too tight of margin for me. So I left them and. And, um, you know, just started my own company and, and, uh, you know, in 08, I had a, I had a partner, had a bad relationship there. We didn't end up too well. We had that company going for four years or, or so. So that was a bad divorce. If, uh, anybody out there that knows what it is, like having a bad partner, or, you know, it's, it was rough. So, um, my, sales manager and I went ahead and we started up another company and, and got that going. And, and uh, you had mentioned Andrew um, earlier, Brian. And so Andrew and I, we started up that company and got it going. And, and then we parted ways in 2015. And that's when I started up Strong Build in Tucson. Andrew is probably one of the best sales guys I've ever have been around in my lifetime. Uh, just dominated. So when we started up that company, you know, I, I basically ran the office, ran the field and and he he was out there just killing the sales and so we were a great combination to get that going. But uh, you know, again we we plugged away for about three and a half years or whatever and we just both decided it was time to part ways and move on. We still thought. Um, you know, we're still and in fact we shared uh, when we got had Gene come out to Tucson, we shared getting both of our companies together and, and really combining that together. So that worked out well. Nice. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. So, you know, I knew everybody in Tucson really knew me for the HVAC side. So when I started up this company, strong built plumbing and air, I want to name it, you know, the plumbing and then the air. And then of course I took the P from plumbing and the and, and then the A from air and, and created Panda. So our, maintenance agreement program it's called the panda care program oh i so, like that that's cool yeah yeah we played on that it's, you know we've had a lot of fun with that so it's worked out well and then we about a year and a half ago we added uh, electrical and solar 
through the operation as well. So we do a lot of bundle packages that, that works out real nice. And we've got a product called SunTrack, which is a thermal product. It's a solar panel that goes up on there and you actually superheat the refrigerant and pressurize it. So you have a two-stage or variable speed system that can run on a lower stage. And anybody's ever been out to Arizona in the summertime, you know, you know that you need all the help that you can get. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great product and also allows us to have or to be able to offer to our clients the opportunity to, to get a federal tax credit back on the entire HVAC system and on that product as well. So it's, it's really helped boost sales. Uh, we also private label everything that we do, everything that we can possibly do. And then we uh, we have AeroSeal, plumbing's real big. We do a lot of, you know, drain work and we have the Permaliner product and that really moves quite a bit because nobody wants to dig up their entire yard when you can go in there and sleeve it with a new one. Absolutely. About in for Tucson for the most part. We started up Albuquerque two years ago. Uh, in fact, two years this month. In fact, two years today. Uh, oh, congrats. Yeah, thanks. Didn't even, didn't even dawn on me until right now. So we started that up. Uh, the, the way that I got up in Albuquerque, uh, Albuquerque is about a six and a half hour drive from Tucson. And it's it's pretty similar. It's a mile high up there. You know, where Tucson's about 2,400 to 2,600 feet elevation. So it gets a little colder up there. Which is nice um, in the wintertime. It drives furnace calls. We don't get too many furnace calls in Arizona typically. Doesn't get quite that cold. But, um, you know, it was just it's kind of a, a match. You know, the average median uh, household income, the, the home pricing, everything is very similar. The designs, the way that they're installed is pretty similar for the most part to Arizona as well. So, been a great fit. Uh, I moved one of my plumbers up there. He loves it. Um, the bar is set was set pretty low up there. I'll tell you that the service companies up there they can really use some help. They, <laughs> they don't don't quite have the level. And you are there uh, to for, assist. <laughs> At least to assist the customers. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. Yeah, we're we're just having a great time up there. It's it's a lot of fun being able to go out there and, and offer the things that we have to offer out there. You know, a lot of them have never seen it. Um, you know, you talk about ceiling ducts and things of that nature. Just you don't see a whole lot of that. So it's it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and we're we're just kicking butt and taking names out there. Love it. Well, John, uh, it's it's interesting to hear your story and the uh, again the vast amount of experience. And we find that with a lot of our guests that they've been in this from you know, from the time they were a kid or grade out right out of college or high school. And you've, you've had the unique opportunity of being in multiple business settings as well as multiple um, versions of the, the trade itself, you know, on this side of the counter versus the other. So as you kind of reflect back upon your entire career, you know, what have been some of the turning points in, in your journey that have gotten you to where you are today or have developed you and your companies into what you see now? Well, it's a great question. Um, I think, I think the, Foremost, more than anything, was just my uh, attitude to I was willing to do anything. You know, if you wanted me to sweep the parking lot, I'm your guy. 
I mean, if you want me to wash the trucks, I'm your guy. If you want me to go bend some metal in the shop, I'm your guy. You know, I just, I, I took every opportunity that I could to prove to my boss that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And, you know, you, you don't necessarily see that out of, out of the, the younger generations coming up through the ranks now. It's, it's a little more challenging, but, um, so that, I think that really helped and it was recognized, you know, I was able to move up into, uh, sales, you know, pretty early in my career. Uh, again, just being recognized that, you know, I'm willing to go out and do whatever it takes to get the job done and, and to do it properly. And, you know, the other thing is just caring, you know, you gotta, you gotta care about the company, you gotta care about the clients and, you know, that, that really helps. You know, it's, it's obviously it's a big difference now. I was making like seven bucks an hour back then. And, you know, there's these guys today, man, they're just, they're killing it. They're really feeding their families well. Not quite like when I was going through, but, you know, I had that. I had a guy like, uh, you know, Chuck Roberts from Chaz Roberts. You know, he, he kind of took me under his wing and, and uh, really, um, you know, cared about growing outside the business, uh, the retrofit replacement side. I had a guy, there's a guy named Ward Cole. Um, you know, he was a great mentor, uh, still a great friend. You know, he, he again took me under his wing and, and, uh, showed me a lot through the years. Uh, he was also a jazz rapper. Um, you know, uh, Andrew, for instance, Andrew, you know, he really, he taught me, uh, pretty much not to discount, um, you know, that, that we're worth more. So that was, that was good. So, you know, just being around the right people, I think, is really is what has helped me grow. Um, you know, I'm sure Andrew feels probably the same way. I've taught him a lot about business and, and uh, you know, how to how to do proper designs and what have you on the air conditioning side. So, you know, it's so now now it's really about giving back. You know, now I feel more like a coach versus a player, and that's. That's just, it's refreshing to be able to get back. But that, I would say that the turning point in my, my life was just, again, seeing that, that the, the older guys, of course, I'm the older guy now, but the older guys, they were willing to take a chance on me and give me the opportunity and, and they believed in me. And, you know, that, that meant a lot. They gave me the confidence to go out and do it. And now you get to pay that forward back. What do you call that? Pay that back to the next generation. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just. Well, I your it, age is like the next six generations. I mean, let's be frank. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <No doubt>, right. <laughs> well, John, I'm glad that you brought that up because our podcast is really designed to be for the people in the truck today, the ones that are uh, that are literally running calls or the ones that are looking to be running calls, as well as others, of course. Uh, but we, we always love having coaches or people who can inspire on the podcast. And so if you would indulge us here a little bit about, you know, some of the things that have been rolling around in your head right now in, in recent days as to what you're training on and what you're developing into your own people that can bring them to that next level. Absolutely. You know, it, it starts out with, you know, coming out or coming into the office and being, you know, being groomed well and wearing the uniform, you know, the truck looking good, the truck being in order, um, 
you know, nothing worse than seeing a truck pull up with a bunch of papers on the, on the dash. I just, I think it looks so trashy. Uh, you know, being, being awake, being mentally prepared to go after that first client and, you know, do your best. You know, we have the strong built rugs that we lay down for the client before we go in there. You know, we put our booties on, you know, knock on the door, take five steps back and 45 degree angle. Of course, I'm sure most people do that, but, you know, it's just how you approach the client. Uh, we've got so many facets of our business that really tie in to one another. Uh, you know, such as the H- HVAC, they can go in, they can talk about plumbing. The plumbing, they can go and talk about HVAC. Everybody can talk about solar. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. Who doesn't want to save money uh, under utilities? So, uh, but the things that I would, my advice that I would give is just, you know, let your guard down. Uh, believe in your manager, your owner, and, you know, work hard for them, listen to them, do what they're asking, uh, you know, listen to podcasts, read books, you know, watch videos, do everything you can to be better. You know, again, that, that change your zip code is, is just sticks to my head, but, you know, you can just do whatever you have to do to get better, be the best that you can be. You know, and if you're that person, you're willing to take that advice and, and go out there and do the best that you can, you are going to have the opportunity to, to move up. Uh, I think one of the things probably as an owner that frustrates me is that, you know, a lot of a lot of techs or installers or even salespeople, they, they don't stick around long enough to really reap the benefits. They, they see that extra dollar or two dollars, you know, across the street and they, they're, they, just run to it, you know, versus, you know, taking the time and, and letting um, where they're at be able to groom them or, you know, groom themselves to be better. And that's, that. I'd say that's, that's a big frustrating part in this industry. It's just how fast somebody's willing to jump, you know, versus hanging out. You know, we, we give great benefits and everything else, but, you know, most companies give great benefits, you know, I just feel like I've got all this knowledge, especially with designs and things of that nature in my head that, you know, if somebody asks a question, I'm willing. It's like, well, shoot, yeah, let's go sit down and go over this. But so many times, you know, the, the guys don't ask the questions. So they really don't get the full benefit of somebody that's a veteran in the industry like myself. Yeah, and a lot of times it, it's, it can be they don't know what questions to ask. Um, True. It's, it's why it's great to have, and I'm a, I'm a big morning meeting guy, <clears throat> like COVID, COVID about killed me, um, as, <laughs> you know, as a leader of, of teams here, um, not to be able to have them in the building and, and be in front of them. And then the one-on-ones we like to have, and, you know, just people in my office, uh, regularly. And which is why we decided to start this podcast was a way to connect with them. We just didn't actually get to it until 2021, but the idea came in 2020 when we had the building all but shut down to, to field staff. Um, I had, I was the recipient of some great meetings when I got out to Las Vegas in 2004 and Lance, my, my mentor, the guy I try to emulate in my meetings and the way I deal with technicians um, he just, he taught me so much outside of, you know, he wasn't even a plumber. He was an HVAC guy and I'm a plumber, but it was like, 
every other meeting he had had it just was like life lessons it was you know goal setting and um budgeting and just being a uh, trying to be a better human being which is what we try to do with our meetings here you know we have one meeting a week that's based on present presentations and then of the four meetings a week that everybody would be in in the field here only only thursday is presentation training then you've got um right now we have the dave ramsey course that we're doing the financial piece on fridays um wednesday is like seven habits with highly uh seven habits of highly effective people uh meeting and training on that the stephen covey book tuesday is technical training for the uh respective brands so the electricians are being trained to be better electricians and plumbers and HVAC techs and so on. And then Monday, we only meet with our team leaders, the field supervisors and service managers. But it's, you know, four meetings a week for the technicians, only 25% of that is anything. 25% of it is is getting better at your craft. 25% of that is getting better at communication. And then you have 25% getting better at life outside of here and 25% getting better at handling your finances. We hope this is a place everybody comes and makes the most money they've ever made. So if we can give back and, and teach them how to keep more of it, um, then we feel like we're give, hopefully giving more than our competitors. And that is a way to do it is just uh, give, give more than everyone else around you. That's a way to retain talent um, that we found successful so far. Well, it makes sense, I tell you, because you, you know, especially on here, we're in such a high demand in the summertime and low demand in the wintertime. Usually by the time Christmas comes around, our flower techs are they're struggling. They're starving a little bit. So they're used to making the big checks, and then all of a sudden they're not there, and the spending habits maybe aren't the best. But we try to do that as well. You know, give as much advice and, you know, give them to invest in 401k and create savings so they're, we're not blowing everything, you know, as fast as it's coming in. Yeah, as uh, Larry Rohrer always used to say, you can't eat revenue. It doesn't matter how much you make, it matters how much you keep. Right. <laughs> yeah, we even had a podcast uh, episode based on that with uh, George Camel of Dave Ramsey, the Dave Ramsey Network. He's the host of the Entree Leadership Podcast and also hosts a couple podcasts that are just finance-related, like personal finances staying away from retail debt and that kind of thing, uh, high interest debt. Um, Absolutely. It was was just for that. It has nothing to do with making, uh, you know, HVAC techs understand oil boilers better. It's just how can they manage their finances outside of here? That's smart. Very smart. So, John, uh, what are some things that you're passionate about? Like, I mean, you're the owner of your own business, and I'm assuming you do a fair amount of your own training. You certainly have the vast experience of things, but like, what are some things that you are passionate about that you drive home to your own technicians that make them different, that make them better, that make them something you are proud of? You know, first of all, is the client experience. You know, we want the absolute best client experience that we possibly offer. Um, two is again, uh, appearance, appearance is huge to me. You know, I, I don't think anybody's gonna, you know, we're not two chucks in a truck. We're, we're an A plus BBB rated company that, you know, does a lot to retain that obviously and Google reviews and what have you. So 
the thing that I'm passionate about is, is one, getting great reviews. Um, two, take care of clients. Uh, three, you know, looking at doing the best efficiencies, uh, efficient, high efficiency. That's, that's huge to me in both markets is due to the, the heat that we experience in the summertime. You know, again, it's, it's important to give that ultimate comfort level to the client. Uh, you know, the water out here is just really hard and it's, it's bad. It's bad on everything. So to be able to go in there and, and do some water conditioning on a home and, and uh, you know, indoor air quality, a lot of dust and uh, pollen out here. You know, everybody moved out to Arizona and brought the trees from Midwest here back east with them. So, you know, we, we actually have pretty bad allergy seasons out here, believe it or not. So um, being able to, to give that client the, the, again, the ultimate comfort to feel great, to, to get a phone call or a letter saying how great, you know, that, that our team treated them. That is, that's what matters to me more than anything. You know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you, you're going to make money, but is it really worth it if you're not taking care of the client and having happy clients out there? So that's, that's the thing that I try to drive home, you know, just again, how can you look good? If you, I think if you look good, you feel good. So I think it's important to to walk up there looking good, and then you know do what's best for the client. You know, um, you know having strong ethics and morals that is very important to me. You know, I don't want to be able to, or I want to be able to put my head on my pillow at night and sleep well and not have to worry about. Uh, somebody out there doing something dirty to one of the clients. I just, I don't stand for that. So John, earlier you had talked about how um, you expect the best or, and, and you want the best. Um, and you were encouraging people, our listeners to watch videos and listen to training and, you know, trust to the process, those types of things. Very, uh, very Sam Hinkie of you. Um, but when it comes to your past, you know, I want to ask you a, a direct question. Were you always that guy yourself? Were you always the guy that was always looking for the next thing, always trying to be better? You know, it, it's funny because that's not the case. And, and my wife would be the first one to tell you, we grew up together back in, you know, again, small town, Kansas. And she left and went out to uh, Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas, and, and then went to KU Medical and became an RN. And, you know, she... Uh, always looked at me, I, I was like a long-haired guy with, and she thought I was just going to be the guy that's going to stick around small town Kansas and, you know, never become anybody. So she was shocked when she saw me later in life that, uh, so I, I was the military really kind of brought it out. I'm sure it was there. It just, there wasn't any focus with it. So, you know, the military really, uh, helped push and drive. They, they've got a, an amazing, um, they've got an amazing, uh, program that they have to get you through uh, training and you know you're doing on-the-job training you're also doing training you read books at night and, um, at least when I went through and then you do some testing and so it was it was really good it was it was good so I, I would say the military really brought that part out of me um, going through the training uh, after the military going through like uh train boot camp and and again seeing some of the mentors that were that were in the industry being able to talk to them and get their advice and listen to them and 
you know, actually trying to, uh, Jim Henshaw, he's a great guy. I don't know if you know him or not, but you know, he's a, he's a master of the craft. So being able to talk to Jim through the years, I've known him for many decades. And, um, you know, he was another guy that, that I could lean on to, to get growth out of as well. So that's, that's pretty much, you know, my story. You know, again, I think the military brought it out, but you know, there's just so many opportunities, so many opportunities out there to, to really grow. Um, now with the internet, you know, it's, it's at your fingertips. So there's really no excuse not to take advantage of that and drive it home. I agree with you. There is no excuse, and yet there is still that challenge. And I'm sure you see that in your own organization as we do here. Um, and it's, sure. it's really one of the reasons that we have this podcast, because we want to be challenging people to not just stay stay where you are. Like, it's not okay to just wake up tomorrow and do it the same day you did yesterday. Like, it needs to be different. We need to be moving forward. And so when you see that in, in your organization, when you see that uh, in a – a new hire that's looking to join your team or in a veteran who's already been a part of your team and they're just kind of stagnating. What do you do to jumpstart that? You know, I try to sit down and talk to them and, and see what's going, going on with them. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in role playing, you know, trying to get these guys to do role playing, you know, not too many people really want to do that. Uh, it's like pulling teeth half the time. No, but nobody uh, wants to do that. Like zero techs. Like our right. best, we, we did it this morning in, in our plumbing meeting and our best role-playing technician uh, jumped up there, knocked it out as he always does. He's in my office half an hour later. Like I knew, you, I knew they were going to call on me. I, I hate role-playing bro, <laughs> <laughs> but he killed it. And, and uh, he did say that the reason he sells as much water treatment as he does, which is, a ton um, is because we've been making him role play since he got here. Sure. I mean, it's just, a, it's that repetition and you get used to it. You know, that, I think that, that really helps out. Um, you know, just trying to get these guys recognizing what's going on, what time, sometimes they're, they're out there and maybe they're, they're not um, talking to the client about the right product. Uh, I've got some forms that I've created through service site and that, you know, I expect the guys to, to really follow. And sometimes they get, you know, bottom liners, they get lazy. They want to do it their way. And then, you know, they miss steps. So I try to rein them back in and get them doing the forms again, taking the proper pictures. And, you know, that uh, in itself a lot of times will provide opportunities for them if they're just following the process. Absolutely. And that's something that I think every organization struggles with is com- I mean, compliance for lack of a better word, but sticking with the process. And because you always have those who think, uh, you know, that they, their process is better. And then you always have those who think that they're too good for the process or any process at all. Um, and, and the, the, uh, scatterbrained <laughs> and those who just can't just, follow a process. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. We, yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> I got to the shop some mornings. You want me to follow a process? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I had brought a, uh, guy named Gary Cox down to Tucson as well because you know it, it's simple when you're in Arizona. A lot of the guys are like, well, you know, it's winter time, it's 75 degrees out, nobody's ever going to buy anything. So you know, I try to work on you know getting that mindset changed. You know, because it's to me, it's not fair. I've got every amenity that you could possibly think of in my home. You know, I just I love water treatment. I you know the tankless water heater. 
uh, you know, the sun track panel I was telling you about, variable speed system, you know, the indoor air quality, uh, the aero seal. I've, I've done about everything to my home, you know, because I believe in it. And that's the other thing I try to, to get across to the guys. It's like, you know, let's put on your home. Try it out. See what you think. Test the product. You know, it, we just, we love our product that, that we can offer. So I think that is important is getting the product on your team's personal homes if they have homes and letting them experience for themselves, you know, what, what it can actually do for them. Because John, would, it, would you consider yourself a process guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was that something that absolutely. you developed, uh, like over the course of your career or, you know, did you, were you born, uh, with like a blueprint in your hand and, uh, a, an agenda? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. No, I was, you know, I would haul hay in the summer, you know, out in the country and, and, uh, you know, I worked at Pizza Hut in high school cooking pizzas. So there went a whole lot of process there. I mean, other than, you know, making the pizza and following that process. So no, I wouldn't say that. I would, I would say again, uh, the, uh, the military probably brought that part out of me, you know, of my, I think my personality really changed overnight just by having that experience and, and be able to see, you know, that you could take thousands of people and have them all march together and, and, uh, you know, to be able to, to go out and fight a battle and, you know, bring everybody home safe. So, you know, you got to follow a lot of process in the military. I mean, you, you can't, uh, you can't steer it away and go do stuff on your own and just fly. So I'd say that had a big influence again on my life was to really to do that. And then again, you know, working at RSD that again, that, that gave me new processes to follow at that point. So that definitely helped out as well. So John, I'm sure a fair amount of our listeners are, um, are, are listening to this, your advice right now. And they're saying just, man, you know, I want to, uh, it, it sounds good. I'm, I'm just, I'm not a process guy, man. Like I don't know how to do it. It doesn't make sense to me. And I, you know, they probably haven't gone through the military because I, I hear that a lot. You know, the military kind of is very regimented. It gives you organization, it gives mm -hmm. you discipline, et cetera, et cetera. But not everybody has that path or that history. So when, when you're training that, when you're developing the concept of process into your people and you're really instilling in them, not only the value of it, but the the follow through, the actual execution of it. Where do you start, especially with somebody who's looking at you saying, John, I know what you're saying. It's just, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Well, you, you pretty much have to give them the tool to use. So if you have the proper, you know, SOPs and things of that nature put in place, then, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. You've got a roadmap. So it's really creating that roadmap for your team to follow, you know, get them to believe in the process. That's the biggest thing. Um, you know, you can you can tell when the process starts to fade away because now you're getting more warranty calls and things of that nature where, you know, you stick true to the process and you believe in it, then it is going to benefit the, the operation. And, you know, I, I can see when things start not being followed fairly easy just by the calls that are coming in. But let me push back on you there a little bit and say, okay, I mean, yes, benefit the operation. As, as somebody who's sitting on this side of the desk, I 100% know and agree with you about what you're talking about there. But our listening audience is predominantly technicians who are not sure. at a desk. They're in a customer's home. They're driving behind a wheel right now listening to this podcast. 
And they're scratching their head and saying, why? Why should I? Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. And there's, there's probably a lot of companies out there that maybe don't have a solid process. I'm sure you guys do have quite a few solid processes. Um, for a tech, you know, I, I think the, the main thing that I would get out of it is if you are following a process and you're probably, you know, if the process would be in place, um, for instance, sales, you know, you've got an opportunity to go in there and, and create more sales if you're following, following a good process. Um, if you go in there and you, you do a, a maintenance, again, if you have a good process and you're very thorough in what you do and, and you follow that process regimenly every single time, then, you know, will benefit in the long run. The other thing is you're going to be, you're going to be recognized. You know, your peers are going to recognize you and, and, you know, you're going to have opportunities for advancement. And I think that's for the most part, um, a lot of guys want to have that opportunity. Uh, push that out for me a little bit there. So me following, uh, you know, the five steps of uh, John's perfect process, that's going to give me position for advancement? Absolutely. You know, especially if you see somebody that's going to follow it, you know, and they're going to win. If they're winning while they're doing it, then it's going to make sense. It's going to, that's going to be the next person in line that's going to be able to have that promotion. It's going to be able to move up or be a, a lead, you know, versus just being a, you know, maybe a maintenance tech or a, a helper, you know, install helper, something like that. I hate using that term helper, apprentice. You know, you're going to, again, you follow it. We, and we like to hire um, people that are green a lot of times as well. So, and we like to do that because a lot of times, you know, you get these, get these other people out there with bad habits. You know, they, they come in, they, they've been in the industry for a lot of years. They have bad habits. They have their own process that maybe, didn't work for them. That's why they're not working where they're working. Um, you know, so they, they come over and, you know, carry those bad habits with them. So, you know, it's, and that's, that's why I like to be more regimented on following the form as well. You know, if they're following the forms to the T, then, you know, they really don't have an opportunity to, to, uh, introduce their bad habits into the system. Now, I'm assuming that, you know, when, when you get a guy in your organization um, who is uh, process lacking, shall we say, uh, or, or maybe even has bad processes, you don't dump 36 steps of uh, perfection upon them. Uh, maybe you start small and kind of develop into things. So for our listening audience, you know, who may, may or may not have a solid process that they believe in, what would be like some basic easy steps to begin the journey of developing your own solid process? You know, again, there's, there's quite a few tools out there that, that you can utilize um, that will help teach the process. And uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. There's a there's a and one that I've used. I can't remember what it was called, but you know, the system. The biggest thing is you create a system. You know what? Uh, and Brian, you might be able to help me out with this as well. I know there's systems where. Uh, where you go in and, and you start, maybe you go to the thermostat first, you go to the evaporator coil second, you check the furnace while you're there, and then you move to the outdoor unit. You know, in each step, you're following it. And that's, that's, that's what I built my program and my forms about, is really having somebody go from A to Z and, and do a full, complete 
check while we were there. You know, even if they're going there and let's say it's a bad capacitor, you know, don't just go in there and change capacitor, go through the full system and, you know, talk about maintenance and why it's important and, you know, the benefits of, you know, being able to, to catch it up front versus, you know, having the, an emergency call on 4th of July when your family's over there, you know, eating a hot dog or hamburger and, you know, you're sitting there with no air. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, like, your, your physician has a checklist he or she goes through, right? right? I mean, you're. Right. You would be shocked if you sat down in the uh, in the doctor's office, especially for an emergency or even going in for like a sore knee or something, and you didn't get the blood pressure cuff put on you and the stethoscope up to your chest and you know the little uh, the thing in your ear and whatever else. Sure. What do you call that thing, Nate? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that thing's called, man. But <laughs> they just take your temperature. What are they doing? No, because they look in it. Um. Uh, no, I don't. It's a. It's a, like a, uh, a magnifying glass. Maybe I don't know. They can't see you. You understand, Nate? Uh, <laughs> Nate's trying to show everybody with his hands yeah. what it is. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna unplug Nate's mic here for a second. We'll be back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, whatever they stick in your ear there, but there's a, you know, there's a checklist, right? On that clipboard that the doctor walks in with. So for, for us as professionals to be in someone's home for their knee or what have you, and not have a checklist and a clipboard, so to speak, whatever that might be an iPad or what have you, um, we, we should definitely have the checklist of everything we go through. So if I just show up for a a dripping tub faucet, I should be checking the water pressure. I should be testing the water to find out what's in it. I should be checking everything to do with that plumbing system, which realistically should take you like 20 extra minutes. I mean, how long is it actually taking you to do all that? And then presenting to the homeowner, everything that I find here, here's, here's what's wrong with the tub faucet. Here's what it's going to take to fix it. Here's why it broke down in the first place. Here's what's wrong with your HVAC system. Maybe it's a bad capacitor, but here's everything else I found. Here are also some upgrades that I'd like to show you. I don't know if you're aware of, um, and just, you know, just doing exactly what the doctor does, but you got to start with considering yourself a professional, I guess, and not everybody does, but you should in this profession, HVAC, plumbing and electrical, and then you need to have a process and that process just needs to be at its simplest form, a checklist. Here are the things I check on every call I go to. doesn't matter what mm-hmm. I'm called out for. The only way you don't check it is if the client says, no, thank you. You know, the thing that uh, I like my tech to do is that when they pull up in front of the house, you know, obviously they're parking out the street, get out and take a picture at home. First thing they do, take a picture. And it's, um, it's through our service Titan program, but, you know, you take a picture of the home and then you, you kind of tell the story as you're going through. And you're taking pictures. You know, you got your gauges on, you got your meter on, and you're taking pictures. And to me, uh, and then when we're done, we email that to the client. So the next time, let's say uh, a year from now, another tech is out there, he can go back, he can look at that. Not only that, but the client's going to have a copy of that record as well. So you know, you're seeing that your your motor was, you know, at uh, at 0.8 amps and and now they're at, uh, you know, 1.2 amps and, you know, the tolerance is, you know, maybe 1.2. And then, you know, that's, you know, you get, you've got a tool right there. 
you can reflect back on that. So I think that's, that is the program that I, I really believe in. And, and our, our client seems like that as well. You know, it's about nine pages, but, you know, again, once they get it through the email, it's, it's a, a running record for them as well. Now, John, you have uh, you have plumbing at your industry as well as solar, so some electrical too. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, our, our podcast is designed to, to uh, educate and communicate with all the major trades. And as we do that, you know, do you see some processes crossing over to other trades, like universal ones, that no matter what you're there to do, it's not about whether I go to the thermostat first and then I change, you know, ex- inspect the heat exchanger or whatever, or I go to the water sure. heater. Like, are, are there some processes that you see that are exactly the same no matter what trade? I do. I mean, it, again, when you go through your checklist, it's, it's pretty much going to be the same process. You know, where do you start? You typically start the, uh, in the home with the client, you know, having them show you um, things that maybe don't settle too well with them. It's a hot or cold room, or maybe it takes too long to, for the water to get hot, but the master shower because it's too far away, or, you know, you get that uh, electrical outlet that's not working, or maybe only the, the top part works, but the bottom part doesn't, or every time you plug something in, it falls back out. Um, Love that one. Right? <laughs> so, you know, you there's there's a process, in, again, that you build and it should flow. And, you know, you, you just don't want to short, you don't want to take short steps on it. You, you know, you don't want to skip anything. You really want to just take your time and slow down. And I think that's really important. And again, a lot of, a lot of guys look at it like, wow, shoot, man, this, this system's only um, two years old. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, but you know, there's probably a lot of things that, that could be better, you know, maybe checking the static pressure, seeing if there's an issue there, maybe the, the ductwork's not sealed properly or, you know, the, the big common item out here in the Southwest is that uh, our return errors are just too small. Um, and Albuquerque is really bad at that because they have, they start off with a cooler, an evaporative cooler, a swamp cooler, slang term. Um, and then they have a heating only furnace and, you know, you go in there, you put a coil on top and run a light set and uh, set a condenser and now your return air is too small. Because it wasn't designed for AC. So, in terms of process, how do you? I suppose, or I assume you, um, like we do here, encourage your say HVAC techs to introduce the plumbing, to introduce the solar, the electrical, mm-hmm. what have you. What processes do you have in place there, where whereby your HVAC service tech is going to hopefully bring solar into the conversation? Well, our, uh, our Panda Care program, you know, that again, that what we do is we have three visits to the home a year. So we go out there in the spring, obviously, and do the, the AC tune-up. We go out there in the fall for the, for the uh, heating, and then we go out there in the summertime for the, the plumbing. So um, me, when I started the business and I was going out to the HVAC side, I would definitely always sell on the, on the plumbing side. You know, they... They already knew me for the HVAC. I'm already out there for the HVAC, so why would I talk about it? I would talk about Cameron or sewer lines or, you know, doing a water heater maintenance. Uh, we try not to call the water heater flush because even though you always try to flush it, you can't always do it, obviously, because TMP uh, is too old or, you know, may stick on you. So we, we try to proceed with caution when we talk about that. Um, but... 
the solar side of things to be able to bring that in uh it it's fairly easy you know everybody knows what their electric bill is and you know in summertime for the most part they're they're going to feel that pain so when you bring up solar and you talk to them about it you know you can you can usually get a rise out of pretty pretty quick and we don't do any leasing when we sell the product uh, we do a lot of bundles with hvac as well i mean a lot of times it just it makes sense to to try to create the best efficiency that you can. So, you know, you do an upgraded uh, HVAC system and you can lower the usage of the, the solar panels you might have on your home. You know, that makes, that can make a big change. The other thing is there's times where we look at doing batteries as well with our solar. So the solar panels feed the batteries, batteries feed the home. And when you do that, you can also have a reduction of how many panels that you have on your on your home as well. Um, combined with the SunTrack solar panel, the thermal product that I mentioned earlier, you know, you can really, you can really provide some, again, the ultimate comfort because now your HVAC system is run on a lower stage and, you know, it's kind of just dragging that air across the coil and doing a great filtration part and, and also, you know, providing the, the best cooling that you possibly can. So that's, that's pretty much a lot of times how we lead in. In fact, most of our, Solar cells have came from our HVAC side and our plumbing, plumbing side. So it's, it's amazing how many uh, solar leads we get of our plumbing guys. It's pretty impressive. What's the tra- What's the transition look like though? I find, um, or at least, what was it like a few years ago? At least when I did, um, when I was doing a lot of training and and getting text to bring up water treatment on calls that were not inspections, not maintenance calls. <clears throat> so everybody had a hard time with going from the, the clogged toilet to how do I talk about water treatment? And to me, it was like, how, how do you not, I guess? Like, I, I don't right. understand how you could right. ever be in someone's home as a plumber or, or any, any of the trades for that matter, not bring up things that you know are probably an issue if they're not already being taken care of. So how do you not... But one thing well, that I found with a lot of with a lot of techs is I needed to help them with the transition. Like how okay, I believe you. We should be doing it. Now how do we go from I'm unclogging their kitchen sink to talking about testing their water? So what are what are some transition statements? Do you train that way? Do you guys talk about how to transition from one thing to the other? You know, we do. We do talk about that. Um the the thing that uh we developed that really has helped our guys, we have a uh, about a six-page little magazine, a brochure, if you may, that talks about all the different products we have to offer. So we like to go in and, and leave that with the client while we're doing our maintenance or repairs and let them look through there. That way, if they have any questions, we can bring it up to them. And that 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 kind of breaks the ice, and it, it gets them to think about more than just the immediate repair that they have in front of them. The client, that is. We know we only have you for three more minutes, so we, we tried right. to, uh, but we neither of us were paying any attention to the time until just now, and, and uh, we both looked at it at the same time like, oh, crap. No, I, I just really appreciate you guys giving me an opportunity to come on here. Uh, you know, I'd be willing to talk to anybody. You can always share my phone number with anybody uh, that you would like to. I definitely want to touch on your business cards that uh, I believe okay. Mike Vavrick and, and I, uh, who was with me out there in Florida when we met. Uh, I think we had we started throwing them at each other at some point. Right. 
but a little, uh, little dart. <laughs> yeah, those things are awesome. <laughs> or, uh, like, what are what are they? Chinese aluminum? dart. Are they aluminum or? Oh no, they're uh, they're steel. Steel. He's got steel business cards. Nice. That we were uh, Mike and I were chucking at each other across the massive like twelve hundred square foot kitchen. You know, I wanted I wanted something that uh, you know I had to. I had some business partners when I started this company, so I bought out the last one in July, and I wanted something that was maybe a little bougie, but that really said, you know, strong, strong built, and that was the going through the metal cards. So when sense. I got the metal cards made, and and who's ever going to throw it away? I mean, it's it's something that every time I pull it out, people are like, oh wow, you know, they're just they're amazed. Of all, cool of all the people we met, and we've we've uh, invited several on the show since um, at that outing, I, re- I only remembered the name of your company because of that card. I can see it in well, my I, head from the time you were giving it to me. I'm like, whoa, it's nice to, <laughs> nice to have a weapon I can get through TSA with. You know what I mean? Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I've only been flagged one time, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I sharpened that bad boy up, man. You can cut anything with it now. <laughs> that's right man never know in that shady part of town <laughs> well hey john we yeah, know we, we know you got to run here and we're going to bring things in for a landing but uh, our, a fair amount of our podcast is listened to by the up-and-coming uh generation and those of um those of the trades that are not quite veterans we would say you know those who are just joining or those who are in their first mm-hmm. one to two years if you can harken back to like when you first got into this thing and you know the the current version of yourself could meet the uh the 20 year ago version of yourself, what would be the things that you told that, uh, that younger you to, to be focusing on now? Great question. I, I think the thing that, uh, I would have learned was that, you know, it, it takes quite a few years to really catch on and, and for things to click, you know, it was, it was almost, uh, overnight for me, the electrical was, was kind of a challenge in the beginning. And then, so I would say that, you know, the, the things that you really need to focus on are, are you know, pressures, electrical, if you're on the HVAC side, uh, obviously. So if if I could go back, it would probably be more of spending time on the specific areas that I'm the weakest in. Uh, it's easy to, to, again, take for granted what you think you know you know, until you find out that you really don't know what you think, you know, so again, just go back and, and take the time, you know, invest in your career. That is probably, you know, when I got into it again, it was through the military. So I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, a career or just a, a job. And I, I think that again, anybody has the opportunity to, to get in the position where I'm at, you know, you're starting out, um, don't rush it necessarily, but you know, you have an, a time in your life where you probably have an opportunity to be an owner, a co-owner, uh, a partner, you know, it's, it's important that you just try to master your craft the best that you possibly can. And, and, you know, fall back and, and ask questions, you know, find guys like myself that have all these years and, and try to, um, you know, just ask questions. You know, we're, we're typically very willing to share our knowledge. You know, we're just kind of sitting back waiting for somebody to say, hey, you know, show me this. So take advantage of that, you know. Go up to the old guys, ask them the questions. You know, get the 
get the information you're looking for. And if they don't have it, they can probably lead you in the right direction. Because again, we've been in it forever. We've we've got all the contacts in the world. So, you know, I would I would encourage uh, the guy starting out or the gal starting out, you know, one or two years to to really rely on on the veterans in the industry. And I was I, I don't I'm thinking like myself if I was asked this question, and I know I wasn't, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Thanks, Nate. No problem. Um, I did a lot of like in between calls, listening to um, motivational, educational, inspirational stuff. But now I feel like, like that. Uh, I think it was a Brian Tracy quote: "The time is going to pass anyway." I wish I had done a lot more of it. If I could take, if I could go back ten years and change something that I was doing. I don't know if I spent five out of six hours listening to to stuff that was actually feeding me and making me smarter and better. I would mm-hmm. spend all six hours doing it. I would watch less reruns of the office or whatever. And I'd spend more time digging into the seven habits or um, something that would make me a better leader now or a better communicator or a better sales trainer or whatever it is. If I could, rewind and and tell my younger self something it would be start doing that earlier and stop doing it later spend less time listening to music or what have you and more time wasting no day and getting that degree from my vehicle university there it is yeah there you go that's that is what i would tell myself there's no there's no doubt about it. it i just think think back to the amount of time I spent quote unquote being entertained. And if, if I asked myself if I could have that back and, and be more educated, yeah, I'd like to have that time back. Yeah. And opportunities out there now where, you know, again, when I, we didn't even have the internet back then, we didn't have phones, everything was on the radio. So you had to call in and ask a, a question you were doing over the CB radio, you know, in your truck. So, everybody and their brother was able to listen to you as well. So <laughs> that was challenging. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. There world, wasn't, there, there wasn't motivational stuff. Like the closest you could get to motivational on T was on a TV and it was like a televangelist or something. There was not like, right. I mean, exactly. who, who existed doing that kind of thing now that, I mean, you can, we can pull out our phones while we're talk while we're sitting here talking and get on YouTube and, and watch a video of, of the most intelligent people on earth, but that didn't exist then. And now it's almost no. like uh, it's like uh, the paradox of choice. Almost there's so much that you can't even choose one, and you just end up doing something else. But yeah, I I would uh, encourage everybody to grab hold of something educational and don't burn don't burn 2022 like you may have burned 2021. No, absolutely not. I I tell you what, if I would have had the the information at my fingertips, I would have probably been ten times more successful and better than than I ever was. So yeah, go up there and get it guys. I mean, it's, it's there. Don't again, don't waste your day. Hey, good stuff, John. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. And if people are interested in learning more about you or, or, uh, the processes or anything like that, where's a good place to connect with you? You know, you can always follow me on my cell phone if you'd like, um, you know, feel free to, to reach out any questions you may have. I'm always willing to take the call. If I'm not available, I'll be happy to call back or, or text me. You know, I'm again. I, I love being a coach and sharing. You know, it's, there's there's too many of us that have went out there and and went through the school of hard knocks. 
you know, where it, it could be if you're a young business owner or a tech coming up, you know, there's, again, there's so many resources that you can prevent or guys like myself that's willing to, to share what not to do so you can be successful a little bit faster than I was. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, John, for sharing with us and uh, we wish you well. Continue to build that strong brand of yours. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Thanks for the opportunity. Have Good a wonderful talking. day. Great talking to you again, John. Thank you. You too, Brian. Bye now. Hey, that's a wrap for us here on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing from John and the different systems, processes, and ideas that he had to share with you today. Uh, we do encourage you to develop your own process. We've covered that multiple podcasts, not just this one, but many others. And I'm sure we will continue to do that in the future. Having a process is critical to success because when you get there, whether you've won or whether you've lost, if you don't have a process, you don't know what to change or improve upon the next time. And so we really challenge you to develop your own process, to find a good one that's working. You know what? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can find something that is working for somebody else and you can, uh, what they call that, Brian, R&D it, uh, rip off and duplicate, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that's perfectly fine. And there's many good processes out there. And there's many people just like John who already have established processes and ideas and pathways that are going to get you to success. Whatever it is, challenge yourself to do that. If you don't have one, start right now. Start today. Make today the day that you're going to change. You're going to make a difference. That's the idea that we are always promoting here to constantly be improving, to constantly be waking up and looking in the mirror and say, it's going to be different today to make a better future version of yourself and to do that by choosing to waste no day.